Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I was sending over the last text message. I, I'd never really known how far the music had gone before, but now now we know. How's everybody doing? Happy Tuesday to you. Short week, Tuesday, September 6, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on oh, Big Radio. Cow. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. Long weekend. Fun weekend. Hope everybody... Had had a ball, Nick Roush. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing well. Um, rough night of sleep. Just uh, gosh, I sleep in the kid's twin bed or whatever it is. Whenever he's waking up in the middle of the night, I just I got to do something about it because it's just not it's not working. So we got to fix that. Got to strap up my big boy parent pants. Fix that. But aside from that, I'm I'm pretty good. It was an exciting. Exciting weekend, opening weekend of college football, and I'm fired up for today's show because we have we've got a lot to discuss. Yeah, they're, they're two hours probably not going to be enough today. Probably going to fly by. And as always, we're appreciative of you listening, Justin Kalen. How are you? I'm uh, I'm pretty good. It was a long weekend. Um, very very busy for me. I had a family reunion this weekend. I had to work mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, what else did I do? I think that was pretty much it, other than watching a heck of a lot of college football and winning a pretty good chunk of money. So I, I'm happy coming in on this Tuesday. Good. Happy to hear it. Happy How are you, it. TJ? I'm I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh you know, those long weekends, I'll I'll be I'll be excited where it's like more rest than than moving, but who who knows when when that'll be. Um Friday we had the golf scramble. And that was great. Made it even a longer weekend because we weren't in the office necessarily on Friday. We'll talk about that. That went really, really well and was a blast. And then Friday night, we smoked some pizzas, which was really, really good on the egg. Those turn out to be some of my favorite pizzas ever. Saturday, that was kind of just a stay home, watch college football all day. Uh, Ended up not being able to make it to Lexington with the baby. That was all right. I wasn't 
I mean, I missed being at Kroger Field, but I think it made for a pretty nice Saturday. All things considered, Sunday was an absolute poop show, as they say in the business. Had another scramble in the morning, had my draft later that night, and uh, it was it was a long day. Long day. Didn't get a lot of sleep on Sunday evening, but yesterday, good relaxing day. Got to see some family. So all in all, it was great. Now we're back at it. And the good news is only two days away from football starting back up again, including the old NFL on Thursday night, which is exciting. So the short week, uh, even if you're tired, you're well rested, whatever it is, you got a short week, four days, we can all do it. And then Cats Gators this Saturday. So a lot of really, really good stuff. But enough about me. We want to talk about the weekend that was. And a lot to discuss. It seems like it was several days away at this point because it was, but Nick Roush, Kentucky moves to 1-0. and 1-0, undefeated. Uh, the covering cast is what many people are saying. That's that's the nickname for this team. Covering cats, baby. Uh, 37-13 win for the Wildcats over Miami of Ohio. It, it had a very much a feel to many stoop season openers of before. In the, in the way the team played, uh, kind of letting Miami hang around a lot longer than or just a little bit sloppy, a little bit closer for comfort than most. But the difference was the the crowd. Like There was a lot of juice in that atmosphere. People were out tailgating early all day. Um, it, it wasn't officially a sellout. And at kickoff, it wasn't full, but 10 minutes into it, maybe, you know, so there's a lot of people who were worried about the rain that waited till later to show up, but it ended up holding off, maybe a little sprinkle here and there. Um, but it was an outstanding atmosphere, a good way to get back in the swing of things, but just a casual, oh, Will Levis 300 yard, three touchdown performance. So a nice start. It wasn't, um, it was, it was far from perfect. Uh, there were certainly thing, plenty of things to clean up, plenty of uh, critiques you have, but, for the most part, this team ended up being kind of what we expected, where the defense has improved, the quarterback is good, and there's a ton of talent in the wide receiver room. Uh, not only with uh, Tavion Robinson, who's got a ton of experience, but with the, the with the true freshmen, um, Barry and Brown and Dane Key playing outstanding as well. You had a lot of freshmen really show up to play. So all in all, um, a, a solid start to the season. But there is going to be plenty of work to do before they head to Gainesville uh, for a Saturday night showdown in the swamp. Yeah, that, I think that was pretty well, pretty su- summed up pretty well. I think you've you've talked about this game a time or two since Saturday. It sounds like just a little. No, yeah, it, it will. It, there, there. If we want to be nitpicky and negative, I feel like we could probably do two hours on it. If we wanted to be optimistic butt slappers, I think we could easily do two hours on it. But the truth. In the middle, obviously, there was so much Kentucky's going to need to clean up before Saturday and throughout the entire season. If, if we want it to be the season that we were predicting on Friday, that being said, though, a lot of really nice pieces. You can see why there is hype around this team, even though that first drive on Saturday was head scratching, annoying, frustrating. Defense was really, really good after that. And fun mm-hmm. to watch good after that. Not that they were perfect, but they, they really locked in uh, what only gave up three points in the second half and only gave up, what, six points after that touchdown. Or it, it, that, So that was that was good to see from, 
from the defense. Offense I actually thought was good, except for two areas that are related with one another. And offensive line was one of the worst offensive line performances from Kentucky that I've seen when when factoring factoring in quality of opponent. Probably mm-hmm. since like fifteen. It's been a really long time. Uh, and they, they laid a stinker in that FCS game last year, but I mean it's comparable, you know. Sure. Like, yeah, and yeah. and then just the running backs, but uh, again, you, you got injuries, you got lack of depth, and then with the offensive line not playing well, you could understand why maybe running backs mm-hmm. wouldn't play particularly well. So those th- th- those two positions, concerned, worried, frustrated, you name it, I feel it. Everywhere else, though, it's it's either what I expected or exceeded expectations. Defensive line excluded i thought they were just pretty ho-hum uh I, I wish there was a little bit more pressure against miami's offensive line or a little bit more of a push i'll say but that one i'll i'll just kind of let be every linebacker set i thought secondary turned out to be okay and one thing we got to remember with the secondary as we got frustrated with that first drive was that's just that's mark Stoops style and, and you know i still get frustrated with seeing it but it's that's just the way he operates. He's going to give up yards. He he's fine. It's a bend don't break mentality, and he eventually he knows that teams are going to have to take their chances and they're going to have to try to tuck some things into some tight windows. They're not going to be able to use the sidelines the entire game. They go to the middle of the field. Things get chaotic. They make mistakes. Kentucky capitalizes. So it is you. You got to play the long game with the defense. It's, it's so frustrating. Roush giving up those five little five-yard hitch routes or whatever you just the sidelines are open for opposing teams but stoops the entire defense they have a method for their madness it ends up working out in the long run so there's my overhead view of saturday's game overall happy with it first game of the season you got the win you're right roush the cat's covered baby that was a big one Mm -hmm. and Oh, they, they saved my weekend. The, co- the covering and then hitting over 34 and a half points like that. Really, what was if you listen to the picks of the week, you all know I, Rash did not do very well. Plenty so. of things to be nitpicky, but I, I think overall there are also things to, to get excited about as well. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, the PT's picks of the week. Uh, good stuff all around. I went Suck it, Scooter. Suck it to your stupid Hoosiers. Hey, I went. I got three other possible four points, so you suck it, pal. You just picked the wrong pick. No, it's it's all your Hoosiers' fault. So that I mean, that was ridiculous, though. They had twenty six points at halftime. They needed forty five. I, I didn't know they were going to come out and lay an egg in the second half. No, I, Western I, Kentucky and Hawaii do. I never. Oh, Western covered, of course. Them. Fade, fade Hawaii. Them. Keep keep it up. I was still awake when that score went final. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um. I, I do want to quickly go back to, uh, to and, and we'll hear it a lot this year. Uh, uh, the the kind of because and, and that's just a natural feeling that fans get whenever they see the quick, easy little passes to the outside. But that's the 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 game Stoops plays. Uh, Miami is a team that thrives on a downfield passing attack. I think Luckett had the stat: twenty percent of their passes last year, twenty percent of their completions were. 20 plus yards down the field. So like they were a big play offense. Kentucky held them to two passes of 15 yards or more. And one of those was 15 yards. They took that away. uh, And that's, that's the, the gamble you play is you say, all right, we're going to dare you to try to be efficient against us and not like get greedy. 
And when you get greedy, we're going to pick you off. Um, and few teams have that sort of patience. Will Rogers did last year, and Drinkwitz seems to do that in Missouri. But that's really about it. A- after a while, people just get – quarterbacks get sick and tired of sitting back there. They've got to go get greedy, and then that's when it's time to, to go create some turnovers. we got a turnover created by Ty Asian on the fumble that was part of that explosive start to the second half. I mean – it, it was. It, it kind of reminded me of that old Louisville game from uh, 2019, when at halftime you're like, "What's going on over here? Why is it so close?" And then you blink your eye, and Kentucky has two touchdowns in 71 seconds. Um, shout out to Barry on Brown for that awesome kick return, and then Asian for the forced fumble that led to a touchdown pass two plays later. So Kentucky, the, it, it, even though they they left some points on the scoreboard in the red zone. Uh, shout out to the defense and special teams. Uh, a, a truly team effort in that that opening week win. Yep. Uh, special teams, that was fun to see. That was exciting. You could tell like the moment that he was gone, gone, and uh, just made for a fun play. I bet the stadium was going absolutely bonkers during that. And then, of course, the did he leave the ball? Watching in real time. And then Didn't the first close. replay, I was like, no, he's he's good. That's What are we doing here? Like, yeah, I get it. He did leave the ball. He did drop the ball close to the goal line, but we don't need to we don't need to zoom in on this bad boy. Sure enough, it was super close, uh, really, really close. So I understand why they did review it. Good learning lesson, and the touchdown stood. So no harm, no foul there. Uh, it, it's just good to have football back, and I do – while I wish maybe you had another game to kind of figure some things out going into the Florida game, I will say, regardless, and I'm not trying to make any sort of excuses or anything along those lines, but the good news is, is you can go to Florida. We'll learn plenty about this Kentucky team. Really hope in a win. But the good news is, Roush, even if Kentucky were to go down there, lose, still have to figure out some offensive line things. I do like the way the schedule sets up where it's like, all right, you get back home. Then you get two games to really figure things out before you get in the meat of the schedule. So I do think the schedule sets up nicely. We'll see exactly where Kentucky's at against a quality opponent. Big win for Florida against Utah. And we'll see if the offensive line can step it up because that was that was an awful performance. It was really, really bad, Roush. Yeah, and the, the stats don't tell the complete picture because it was four sacks, two quarterback hurries. Felt like Levis was running for his life a lot more than that, though. Um, And that's because the lack of rushing production. I mean, you know, Levis is a good enough athlete to where he can actually face some pressure. I think it was more disappointing the run game. Even if you take out the sack yardage, Kentucky only rushed for 76 yards and three and a half yards a carry. Like, you just – it's got to be better than that against a Miami team. Like, you should be doing a better job getting a push – up front, uh, opening up holes for guys. I mean, Kentucky's leading rusher, Cavassier Smoke, had 32 yards rushing. Like, what the hell? Their longest rush of the day was nine yards. That's just not the Kentucky football we're used to. And a lot of Levis running for his life was because on those play-action passes, the linebackers, you, you typically expect the play-action to hold that edge, the linebacker, that's crashing down. And instead, Levis was just immediately running away because there was no reason to respect that. Florida's not going to fall for that, right? Right? They're going to dare Kentucky to run the damn ball 
um, because Kentucky showed last week that they they couldn't. They couldn't do it efficiently and effectively. Uh, Jatan McClain got hurt. He's considered week to week. Ramon Jefferson, I, I was looking around like, man, I want to see more of that guy. He looked good in those first two runs. Uh, but he got hurt, and Stoop said on Monday that he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. We don't have an update on Chris Rodriguez. So right now it's looking like it's going to be a Lavelle Wright and Cavassier Smoke. And Lavelle Wright had a great pass pro. He had a solid run in his one carry or th two or three carries or whatever. But the reason why they were slow to roll him out is because he had a hamstring uh, thing he was dealing with throughout preseason. So it's, it's a really banged up room right now. And I, I was, I, I I expected there to be some struggles in the pass protection, TJ. And Kentucky didn't do a ton to help him out. I think they just wanted to see where those guys were. Use that as a litmus test of sorts. I, I was more disappointed in the running game uh, than anything. And and that certainly goes twofold. It's on the running backs to see the holes as well. But it, it was it was the worst rushing performance that that by far and away since. Pre 2016. I mean, I know Georgia took it away last year, but that was the Georgia defense. It's it's the worst rushing performance I can remember by a Stoops team. Roush, yeah. you kind of covered it, but with C Rod coming back, do you does the run game improve or is it all offensive line? It does, yeah. Some because there were times where not only missed cutbacks, but he moves the pile forward where other guys just get tackled. Like I will give Smoke some credit; he was doing things that he normally doesn't do, like, all right, I can't bounce this outside. I have to go inside, so I'm going to lower my shoulder and get four yards instead of, like, dancing around and getting nothing. He was at least getting his nose in there. But that Chris Rodriguez, it goes from four yards to seven yards, and that that changes the dynamic. So, um, that, yes, <laughs> yes, it, it does change things if you get Chris Rodriguez back. I think it definitely will change things, but I don't think it's going to be like the Chris Rodriguez of the last few years uh, if the line isn't any better mm -hmm. than it was against Miami. It will help, but it's still, I think, question line play just will need to get better, whether it's players need to step up, other people need to get healthy, or just the schemes, or they need more time learning exactly what UK wants to do offensively. The only little excuse I could make, Roush, and and you already kind of mentioned another game, which would maybe prove that there is something to this, is how much of the offensive line going against Miami's defensive line is similar to uh, UK basketball going against a center that's six foot seven and uh, four who is six foot six. So you got these seven footers having to guard these little guys that can take them off the dribble that they're not used to and can actually expose some really better players having to guard some mismatch problems. How much of this is Miami's defensive line was basically just the size of Will Levis, probably much, much quicker than UK's offensive line, and maybe some of their stunts and their twists and pulls being smaller uh, impacted UK negatively. Is there anything there for that excuse? I, I would think there's something there, but not enough to explain what happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm – that that's a good way to put it. There is something there. It's it's um the guy can't sit back in the paint and just lean on him because he's busy chasing him mm -hmm. all around the block. And and you there was one play in particular. It was actually the only sack that Wallaball gave up. That was just he just got beat on a straight speed rush around the edge. He got so paranoid 
on the twists and stuff that he got caught looking inside and the dude just ran right by him. Um, it got in his head uh, and he got exposed a little bit. But I do think that Kentucky was say, seeing like, all right, let's let's try this out. And if it doesn't work, then we're just going to move Horsey to left tackle and go from there. And that's that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened there. Kentucky's already like, well, we're going to shuffle the deck on the offensive line, stick Horsey out there. I know that a lot of fans have uh, bad memories of the Iowa game uh, in Horsey's play there. I do think you have to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt in that that Iowa defense was legit. I mean, Iowa can win the, their defense. Won, their defense could have scored all of their points, and they would have won four to three on Saturday. Um, Iowa's defense is good at getting after opposing quarterbacks. So that is probably a little bit why the, part of the struggle. The big thing that I think was stressed by the coaches and offensive linemen after the game, which has me worried about Florida, was the communication problems. And I think this is why, like, like maybe you could have thrown Walla Ball out there for another game if it wasn't on the road at Florida. But the inexperience and the communication issues were pretty clear on those stunts, those twists, who was supposed to be uh, going where. And that's only going to get amplified when you're on the road at Florida. So Kentucky's like, listen, Jagger played well. He had one bad rep. Um, so let's just let's just put our best five in and go from there. So I only got to uh, see hope- the a little bit of the or a lot a lot of the second half, but did Goodwin play at all? He did not. He did not. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't see him. He but. got one snap in pretty much. They they said they wanted to get him more, but Miami had a long drive in the fourth quarter that kind of chewed up more clock mm. than they were anticipating and and uh they weren't able to get him in as much as they would have liked, which I I, I find that semi interesting. Just offensive line kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, but then again, it's first game. You don't want to panic too much, but that was that's why I was a little surprised to see the depth chart look the way that it did yesterday. Not necessarily a sign of panic. Maybe if you know, you know. But uh, big question marks at the offensive line for the first time in a long time in the Mark Soups era. Uh, really, the only huge glaring weakness again the running game not nearly up to snuff, but. Was that because of the offensive line? Was that because of the running backs? Many people are wondering. We got a lot more to talk about, about UK's opening season win, turning the page to the SEC opener in an absolutely colossal game down in the swamp. But we're going to take a break. We're probably going to come back and maybe just talk about the the landscape of college football, everything else going on in the wide world of sports. And uh, – while Ooh. UK fans are a little frustrated with the performance, maybe a, maybe a little underwhelmed to some degree, maybe concerned about where the line stands going into the Florida game, the state of the UK football program much healthier than other schools in the area. So yeah. we are going to take a break. We'll come back and we will talk about college football because it is so back, baby. You're listening to KRC here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rout, and Justin Galen.
Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Billy likes to drink soda. Miss Lippy's car is green. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning, getting back into the swing of things. Uh, that's funny that you were making the, the money rejoin because I just submitted the money, the, the donated money from the Big X kickoff scramble to a special charity in Eastern Kentucky that are helping folks rebuild their homes and the money raised, I think we raised $380 on Friday. And I just rounded that up to a nice clean 400 just because that looks better. And we're, we're in, we're in. So happy to, uh, happy to help thankful for everybody that, that donated and played and helped out. We just did some raffles and the raffle money is what went towards, uh, the Housing Development Alliance of Eastern Kentucky, so $400 to them. And again, is it thousands? Is it tens of thousands? No, but every little bit helps, and they're still working to rebuild in that part of the state, and Kentuckians are Kentuckians, and, and we'll help out any chance we can get. So thank you, everybody, that, that came out and helped. Um, and thanks, yeah, thanks to everybody. It was such a fun scramble on Friday. Big shout-out to TJ for doing the heavy lifting and make this happen. Although it was very, I, I I was laughing so hard because while we're riding around on the cart, I think it was before it all started. He's like, you know, I just, he's like, I, I want somebody to win. If they're going to win, just win them all. Go on a run and just, it keeps going to the same person because that's hilarious. What happens? TJ wins like three of them. <laughs> just kept, intern Jacob was pulling the names out and just kept, but like, TJ. <laughs> So funny. Well, it was. It was very awkward because I (laughs) especially had said I wanted that to happen. And then we're doing the show there. People are by the second second hour, you know, we there were there were a lot of folks listening to the second hour, other folks just kind of getting ready, getting their bags ready, getting their carts loaded up. But in the first hour, it was 7 a.m. It's still dark outside. There was only a few people there. So I was like, all right, I want to make sure the pot, the raffle pot, looks nobody just wants to have like one name in a raffle. They feel like it's fake or something like that. So I was like, I'll get, I'll, I'll put in 10 entries and, and you know, if I win, I'll, I'll maybe keep one for myself, but I'll just donate them again. So I did it. And then sure enough, out of like eight raffles, my name got called three times. I only kept one, which was the Eastern Kentucky one Kentucky team shirt and then a couple of shady rays, which we ended up giving plenty of shady rays away out on the course. Actually meant to give away more. So uh maybe next UK game I go to find me and I'll come give you some shady rays. Or the next KRC event will really go heavy on shady rays. But we did give away like three to five pairs, but I was meaning to give away five to ten. Uh just had some in the bag that I forgot to give out. But the raffle was fun. Uh, we had a lot of good prizes. It was good seeing everybody. The scramble was a blast. The winning team, 12 under. But we had, I think, like four teams that were 12 under. Yeah. We had four teams that were 11 under. And we, our team, the Big X team, Roush, Justin, Man. 
Jacob, intern Jacob, and and myself, we were eleven under and felt like, and we had a stupid, stupid, stupid bogey. Should have been twelve. Yeah, and if we were twelve. I think we would have won the tiebreaker based on the scorecards. But uh, so we played well. It, we had a good round. Could have been a little bit better, but it was a lot of fun. It was. It really was. Um, really ticked off about that bogey because the the way, yeah, like you said, the way they did the score, uh, the tiebreakers. We we had we shot really low in the back, and that was the way they went. Um, we still shot low. Had a, so much fun. That course, uh, Jeff Elks or I, I don't, Elk Run, Elk Run, the the new name of it. When they get their clubhouse finished, that's going to be incredible. Uh, it's on the Big X card, and I know we advertise a lot, but like that, it was some of the it was one of the most fun golf courses because it was pretty open on the tees. Um, you you weren't worried about losing a ton of golf balls. Uh, spending a bunch of time walking through the woods. Uh, I had a nice little eagle putt to end us. And then, Scoots, intern Jacob's shot. Is that I, – I, that's the best golf shot I've ever seen. I've had one other similar one. But that the, the one that I saw was close. It, like, hit a slope and rolled in. Never seen somebody one-hop one and just dunk it like intern Jacob did one from 130 out. That was outstanding. Yeah, I've seen somebody bounce one in before, but it was the way that Jacobs happened. He bounced it, what was it, about three inches behind the hole, yeah. and it bounced back into the hole. That was wild to me. And, of course, we all go bonkers. My favorite part of that whole moment was there was a tee box right off to the left of us, and we're all going bananas, and the guys on the tee box just look over. TJ goes, we got a birdie putt, <laughs> and I just lost it because it was in for Eagle already. So it was nice. Yeah, they, they, it's just, it would be <laughs> funny to see people go in that bonkers and be like, hey, we parred. Uh, no, but that that was incredible. It hits about six inches behind the hole and then doesn't even roll on the green. That ball hit the green for just literally like a nanosecond, hopped, then dunked on into the cup. It really was an incredible golf shot. I've seen people backspin it in for Eagle uh, uh, in, in person. I, I don't I don't know if I've ever seen the one-hop dunk. Uh, that was really, really cool to watch. And you knew it was right at the stick when it was coming off. It looked perfect the whole way. You were, Jacob was even saying, get in, just get in. And then it hits, and you know it's behind the cup. So if it's any schmucks like ourselves, we don't really – we can't put that thing on a – on a rope and just pull it on back. Uh, Jacob can because he's a good golfer. So it hopped, just jumped right in. Was a lot, a lot uh, of fun. Uh, just came up a stroke short. It would have been really funny if we would have won. I uh, I did uh, that 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 hole and also the the game the night before. My voice is not in football season shape. Like I, I just forgot how excited I get and start screaming in. It was uh, it was feeling a little uh, feeling a little rough on Saturday, um, but uh, you know got a, got some rest. I just I just I got too caught up in the emotions, and so you know you can you can do the deep voice talking for so long, but every once in a while you just start screaming bloody murder because you watched an amazing golf shot go in. So um, that hey, I'm glad that we're we're not playing injured on a Taco Tuesday. We're just maybe a little banged up. Um, but you know how, what makes me feel good in the soul is some sa- salsaritas on Taco Tuesday. I mean, oh, oh yeah, it it just hits the spot. Especially you know you're coming back from a long holiday weekend. Cooking is just a pain in the ass. It's going to be raining all week. Go liven things up. Visit one of their two locations. They've got one uh, in Middletown and one in St. Matthews, right there 
on Hubbard's Lane. Very convenient. Download the Salsaritas app before you go. What up on that queso? I'm a big nachos fan. I get the wildly addictive chips on the side. Um, and when you have your Florida watch party this weekend, just get it catered. Use that app. You'll get a ton of money back uh, with Salsaritas bucks. They're going to save you. And it's incredibly convenient. So check them out today. Salsaritas, it's the best. And deliciously different. Oh, very different. Um, we we touched on pretty much everything except for the hilariousness that happened Saturday night in Syracuse. And no, pretty I, much my, my biggest regret, TJ, is not – like th- th- that would have been ideal to have UK at noon and then to watch all of that hilariousness unfold in live time. Because I was, I was stuck to listening to uh, Mangus whining on the postgame show and, and crybaby callers and then to just read social media comments afterwards. I didn't get to watch Garrett Schrader shred up the Cards defense because that would have just been uh, grade-A entertainment. Yeah, it uh, also, when you were doing the Salsaritas ad, once again, I was on mute when you were saying, they're the best. I said, well, you know who wasn't the best? The Louisville uh, Cardinals. Uh, but then Scooch, I was unmuted. Scooch made the great, deliciously different line, and, and we're back to the same point anyways. But, yeah, that was... That was pretty wild. I mean, I, I definitely saw a scenario where U of L could lose. Uh, that was like a big revenge game for Syracuse. It is first game of the season on the road in conference play. Syracuse does have a really, really good running back. I think that's pretty much about all they have. But they do. They have a really nice running back. So I thought there was a chance that U of L could lose. It was only you know three, four point spread depending on when you got it. But I didn't expect them to get blown out like that, Roush. They looked – we had the two TV set up on Saturday. They looked horrible. They, and it looked like – it honestly didn't look that much different than the second-half effort against Kentucky last season. It didn't look that much different than their bowl game effort against Air Force. It, it just doesn't look like Scott Satterfield's guys play all that incredibly hard for him. And especially when you get punched in the, ma- in the mouth, they're just a team that will – roll on over, scratch their belly, and let them move on with their day. That was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, I listened to Ty Spalding's Twitter spaces after the game, Mm, and that was – you know, Ty did a good job just kind of calling it like it was. Disaster. He's already, I think, kind of pushing for coaching change even after just one game, just knowing Satterfield probably doesn't have the juice, ain't the guy for it. Uh, but listen to the Uval fans. We were promised it was going to be better. I'm so sick of believing these coaching staff. It's like y- you've been saying that. You've I been mean, saying that for three years now. The 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 people I don't feel bad for are the Louisville fans who listen to the same old honks year after year after year, and they expect something to be different. Like these people were the ones who were telling you things weren't that bad halfway through the 2018 season with Bobby Petrino. Like. It's your own fault for listening to them. They're going to spoon feed you whatever bull crap they'll feed you at the University of Louisville. They're honks. They're honk. Like there's a difference between being a, a homer and a honk and just blindly optimistic. Like, hell, our football podcast last night, we spent half of it just being pretty critical of the Kentucky game. And we didn't go out and let Garrett Schrader get 350 yards of total offense or whatever it was. It was close to that. The the part that I think is hilarious in all this, TJ, is that Scott Satterfield, he his media savviness 
it's it's him and the entire coaching staff. Like people thought Brian Brown, they they were talking him up as a potential future head coach. That dude stinks. Their defense so bad, and it goes back to that lesson. Uh, the, the old T.J. Walker sports talker uh, drop that we play. Um, oh, they're bringing back 17 starters and five on offense and 10 on defense. It's like, well, they all stink, right? It, it You brought back a bunch of bad players. You didn't upgrade. You lost your good receivers uh, on the outside, formerly Cunningham to throwing to. You just didn't upgrade your talent anywhere. It doesn't matter that you're the most experienced team in college football because your team stunk. It was bad and you just got embarrassed by Syracuse on the road. It's it's laughable how pathetic and putrid their defense was. They got torn up, not by Anthony Richardson, but by Garrett Schrader. I mean, just comedy, absolute comedy. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of UofL fans, like the fact Brian Brown is still employed at UofL, he's the defensive coordinator, that is crazy. And like Satterfield just refuses to let that dude go. But their defense has been the issue for – for many, many seasons, but they only did score seven points with like a fifth-year starting quarterback and the best running back room Louisville football has ever had. You only score seven points against Syracuse? How? Like, I know the defense stunk, and I know that that's what UL fans are kind of focused on, but seven points is seven points. You're not winning with seven points hardly against anybody in college football, and that's what you can put up against Syracuse. Louisville will face probably eight better defenses this year, seven better defenses this year, potentially. That's why I think there was such like the doom and gloom. It wasn't just so much the loss. It was how it all went down. And they were just blown, blown out, blown out. Well, the game was over very early. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of Scott Frost keeping <clears throat> Martinez around forever, where Malik Cunningham's a fine quarterback. But all of the the posts uh, that the official Louisville football account keeps putting out, which I'm just I'm addicted to. Thank you to the Facebook algorithm. Like I, I've clicked on one, and now they keep sending them to me, and I just keep reading the comments. They're so funny. But it's so funny the amount of Malik Cunningham going to break this Lamar Jackson record, and it's like, well, it's just because he's been there the whole time. Like he's the only quarterback Scott Satterfield has had, and Scott Satterfield has been there for a long time. Right, like you didn't even want to try to bring somebody in the portal to maybe push it. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know. It feels like whatever they were trying to do. I mean, twenty-two attempts, one hundred fifty-two yards. I'm bad at math. That yards per attempt is really low. Just the lack of uh, creativity, offensive ingenuity. There's just nothing there. Nothing there. And I, I, I loved. I, I was watching WDRB news, and it's my like Saturday morning kind of to pop on the TV and I actually saw it in real time and giggled uh, when Rick Bozich was talking with, I, I don't know who it was. It was like, yeah, well uh, we've got Louisville beating Syracuse because if they don't beat Syracuse, well, what do we have to talk about? And well, not only did they lose, they got blown out. Mm. For like the UL fans in my life that I care about, I do actually feel bad. Um, Maybe not as bad as I used to back in the day, just because, like you said, the goobers that are kind of leading or pounding the drum on UVL athletics just don't really seem to get it. But it's been a really long time since they've had something that they can genuinely and confidently be excited about, like in the world of men's basketball or football. 
mm-hmm. which obviously you know moves the needle. But it, like, the, the, if you were a U of L fan, would you be excited about the football season moving forward? No, I would be terrified about keeping holding. Like, I would just have a sense of paranoia of keeping on the recruiting class, Could and like that would. That would be my that would be my concern for the next few months. Forget about the X's and O's. Forget about the games. I would just want to have that little bright spot of all right. Well, maybe the future will be better if we can hold on to this recruiting class. But how can you hold on the recruiting class when you're getting beat by 24 to Syracuse each and every week or uh, an equally underwhelming ACC team? And then, do you even want Satterfield to be the guy? How do you keep a recruiting class while you're canning the coach? Like there there are a lot of it's just not a good it's not a good spot to be for for U of L. The uh the funny thing is TJ is I know a lot of folks were talking themselves especially on the afternoon show into uh right here on the Big X like oh that Florida State game that's going to be the best atmosphere in years, you know. You you start off 2 and 0. Uh man, that could that could be a lot of fun. I mean, we'll look at start 0 and 3. I know Florida State it beat uh, in LSU are not exactly good football teams. Is not how I'd describe them. But they ain't going. Like Gus is going to kick the hell out of them next week. Like they they ain't winning that game. Uh, I mean, it's bad. It's bad. You've already got Steve Clarkson uh, tweeting out stuff. Who, whoever that. Uh, <laughs> whoever oh, the, Steve the, Clarkson what, tweeted out stuff. Oh yeah, you didn't see Steve Clarkson. It's like no, um, I didn't. It it was something like we knew this was like there's there's. There's, uh, it's all about the climb, or I don't know, I, I forget what 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 his message was. Then the the guy who's the brand builder for Steve Clarkson, um, you know who I'm talking about? That turd sandwich. That's I don't on know. What I do, but yeah, his, his name's like Hassock or or something like that. Uh, Jody, I think, retweeted him, basically saying, "Hey, fans, being negative is only going to hurt your team." Just already blaming the fans for players jumping ship early. The, really, the key here, it's uh, its our guy Tony Vanetti made it, was shouting it loud and clear, and I was loving every second of it. Like, hey, you all, Satterfield stinks. He's an idiot. He's a moron. If you don't think Jeff Brom can fix this ship, then you're a moron. It was just like going ham on Saturday night, and that's really the only way that they can, like, be good at football in the next four years is if, like, they get rid of Satterfield early and you just pray – that all of the comments, the like your ruin Owens, Owens has said, like they were all about Louisville. They weren't about Scott Satterfield. So you hope that that loyalty is to Adidas and whoever is going to be coaching there and not Scott Satterfield. Yeah, it's, and that's just what they're going to have to deal with all year. And it's like, welcome to the job, Josh Hurd. But I, this is part of the reason why I just don't know why they kept him this past season is because you knew going into this year – I mean, you, you lost your top two wide receivers. You were bringing back the same quarterback who has statistically put up good numbers, but wins loss standpoint obviously isn't getting the job done. And you, yeah, Lucy's got something to say about it as well. And it's just that's why they should have made the change last year. And then this year, you're playing with house money. Maybe Brahms the coach, whoever the new coach is. There's no reason you couldn't be doing the same recruiting thing that you're doing. It's all coming from Adidas, anyways. Right. And instead, now you're wondering who's going to stay committed, who's going to decommit, who your coach is going to be. Do you have to keep a coach around just to keep recruits happy? Is that a trade you want to make? It's a, it's a really messy spot, and I don't know what the right answer – well, what I would do is just move on from Satterfield, but I would have done that last year, so that's not saying too much. It, it is funny to me that Malik Cunningham and Terry Wilson are like on two opposite ends of the spectrum of one another. 
Justin, would you rather have the just fine quarterback, kind of a game manager who wins games, or the quarterback who puts up all the stats but just doesn't win? Whichever one's not Malik Cunningham is which one I want. Because <laughs> that guy was horrible. Hey, and admittedly, guys, I so I believed in Louisville for whatever reason. Oh, no. I got on DraftKings, and I was getting plus seven and a half for Louisville. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's easy. Threw, I already had a good day, so I threw 15 on it. I've never been so happy to lose $15 in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that was so entertaining. I think in the middle of the summer, I put some money on U of L when it was like two and a half or three, just because again they always beat the snot out of Syracuse. Uh, didn't lose a killing on it, but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't mad about throwing throwing that money away. Um, that was wild. I didn't, I, you know, I did not expect it to to go that way. If you're a Syracuse fan, you're probably like, hey, that was a lot of fun. We don't normally do that in ACC games. Are we actually good, or is that just Louisville? It's a fair question. I don't know. Probably mm. just cool. Oh, man. So bad. So much incompetence. Um, the Louisville defense is, it, at least it's not, uh, th that's one thing. If I'm spin zoning this, say, hey, at least we're not the worst defense in the ACC. North Carolina has Gene Chizik as their defensive coordinator, and they gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter. But, hey, at least they still won, right? They won. <laughs> they won. Crazy. What a game. It, that really, I, I don't know if I can ever, maybe it's just hyperbole. I don't know if I can ever remember a crazier opening week in a college football with just some of the games and how they unfolded. That one was wild. And I said, I said it when UNC returned that on, uh, onside kick for a touchdown. I was like, what are you doing? I was Too like, that was, the, that was the only way you were going to keep, <laughs> like, if you're App State, you should be over the moon thrilled with that. Yeah. Gives you a chance to extend the game. Where if you didn't get an onside kick, it was literally over right then and there. Uh, what was one of the other crazier ones? Oh, it was at the same time, and it was in the yeah. state of North Carolina, where you had the ECU, other NC ranked state. NC State traveling to ECU. NC State isn't that supposed to be like the the college football playoff team in the ACC? They scored fourteen points on offense. I mean, it was malpractice. East Carolina. Seemingly ties the game. They miss the PAT. NC State immediately goes three and out. The Purple Pirates get in field goal range, and then the dude just chokes again. I mean, that uh, poor kicker. Felt horrible for that kicker. We should have known on Thursday after some of the West, like the craziness on Thursday night's game that we were in for a real treat. And then you had already mentioned it, but Sunday night that LSU finish was just Oh like, gosh! Unreal. We were doing our draft, and I was so looking forward to overtime. Like, hey, more football! This is great. What a cannot believe this happened. If you would ask me five minutes ago, I'd never. I thought this game was was over, and then no, no overtime for us. It ended right then and there. Uh, whew, that was a tough way to lose. If you're Brian Kelly and LSU, you're right that I think expectations are mostly in check. But even when LSU fans have expectations in check, they're probably over the top, more things, all things considered. But I just loved it. Loved every second of the football going on. Uh, watched a, just an, an, an embarrassing amount of football on Saturday and so many good games. I just, I, I hope yeah. we get more and more of that. Even the, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, it, it ended up being closer than people surprise. thought. It yeah. wasn't like a great game. I think Ohio State, after halftime, was well in control and just was kind of doing what they needed to do to milk out a win. But uh, that was exciting. So all around good stuff. The game last night, Clemson, Georgia Tech, I knew would stink. 
And I'm just wondering if intern Jacob is listening, probably not live since it's five till eight, but when he eventually comes around on the podcast, what do we agree to 50%, 25%? Cause we went and got lunch after the scramble and uh, ha- had lunch with, with Mook and Mrs. Mook. And that was really, really enjoyable. There was a few other KRC listeners at the establishment that we went to and uh, we ate and we were hungry and it, it really hit the spot. But, Jacob was like, TJ, will you do a parlay for me so I've got something to do this weekend? And I was like, well, how crazy are you looking to get? And he was like, I'm looking to get pretty crazy. I've only got $15 in my account. Let's put it all on this. So I kind of did the old TJ parlay special where you, you, you mix in a lot of just easy money lines to up the juice. Yep. But then you kind of take and you roll the dice on a few spreads. And I forget what we got it to. But he, but there was a push. I think he ended up getting Arkansas at seven instead of six and a half. Yeah, that was that was tough. And yeah. uh, I got it six and a half, no big deal. But he got it at seven, so I think it brought down his juice to five fifty. And last night's Clemson game money line was the because I knew they were going to win. I just right. didn't really know so much about the spread, although they covered. Uh, but we went money line. So last night was the last one to bring it home, plus five fifty on a fifteen dollar bet. Somebody can do the math for me on that, but. Nice little payday for intern Jacob. It was like 103 go. something. Okay, was that it? Yeah, he said because he said it was two, and I was like, it's not two. And then I saw the push. It was uh, good, but you know, for for him, that's like four nights going out for sure. Um, can I also just say that I loved everything that Clemson did last night because it's just going to re like Clemson is going to be. Like they're they're not they're never going to be what they were because Dabo is a jackass. Um, he's a man of principle, and principle gets you nowhere in college football. It gets you left behind, and he's clearly been left behind. He's doing things a certain way, and it's a dumbass way. That offense stinks. They should have beat Georgia Tech by a hundred points. That team is garbage. The ACC is garbage, and yet he like. They're at a point, TJ, they can win the ACC from here on out. They'll be just fine. But they're never going to get back to competing with the actual elites of college football because they're promoting from within. They refuse to do the transfer portal. And now you've got an offense that they they were averaging like five yards per attempt on passing in the first half. Georgia Tech, if they were worth two craps at all, could have won that football game. I mean, they went forward on fourth down and the dude just fell down. They, they had two people trip over their feet with a chance to take the lead. Like, Georgia Tech sucks. They're garbage. And you know what? The ACC's uh, – it's it. – I'm just I'm just happy to know that Dabo is torpedoing his own chance to actually compete with the Ohio States and Alabamas and Georgias of the world. Like they're gonna just they're gonna be a perennial once this team this goes to twelve playoff teams, they're gonna be a perennial playoff team that just loses in the first round. Yeah, I, I Clemson, the only team, power five team, not to bring in a transfer, which is Crazy when you're Clemson football, you could pretty much pick whoever you'd want, but that's just Dabo's thing on nil and the transfers, and yeah, he, he's he's got his own stuff. But they did win 41 to 10, right? Yeah, but it was 14 to 10 with like 20 minutes to play, and yeah. actually less than that, 21 to 10 with 10 minutes left, and then Georgia Tech failed a fourth down, and then Clemson just scored a few quick points. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was much closer than it needed to be. From a, it was a one-score game for three quarters. Yeah, I I think they just don't. I don't think uh, DJ U, U, Ugale, 
I don't think he's the answer quarterback. No, very average. And I don't um, know why they didn't bring in somebody. Man, but transfers, you can't do that. It's not the right thing to do. You build them up, you love them up, you coach them up, you keep them up, you don't let them leave, and you don't bring anybody else in. That's the Dabo way. But, yeah, the ACC does stink, but that's that's nothing new. Uh, they have stunk for a while, and uh, that's why they, if it wasn't for their little grants of right deal, they'd be falling apart as a conference and still maybe will. Let's end hour one. We'll get back to hour two. We'll talk more college football. We'll start talking a little bit about yesterday, depth chart, Mark Stoops' comments on Chris Rodriguez, and most importantly, catching up on a long, long text line, the Thornton's text line. As you're getting into the office today, long weekend, get yourself a donut. You're probably going to need some coffee, and you can get up moving. You can get up grooving, feeling good with your life. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Call. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning after Labor Day weekend. When's the – are we fresh out of holidays till – do you do people get off Columbus Day, Indigenous People's Day? Is that a That's thing? A, I think it's a spring one. I thought Columbus Day was always in the fall. Uh, Well, I don't pretty, pretty keep common. up, but I do know that – there will be like your your. There's plenty of fall breaks for kids, um, but it's probably until Thanksgiving for most working adults until your next long weekend. Yeah, Columbus Day, October 10th. It's one of 11 official federal holidays, but yeah, I think most people usually work that one. You're right. Uh, for the most part, probably going to be the Thanksgiving break before people can kind of let loose again. So, so that's a long time, but at least the weather will be much better. And the sports will be much better. The TV will be much better. Roush, did you watch House of the Dragon this weekend? Still haven't watched it yet. Oh, um, man. Yeah, you really yeah. hated that first episode. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's, it's one of those where I know there's been people asking about uh, Kentucky Thrones Radio. Quickly realize I just, it's just not in the cards because, I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's just not going to be in the cards. There's too much. Like this weekend, I'll be down at Florida. And by the time I get home, Sunday night football is going to be on, and I'm just going to watch that and save House of the Dragon for later. So that's just kind of – I have a feeling that's – I mean, they're putting it during football season. It's going to it's going to take a backseat until I get find a, a little free time. You I, – I totally understand you're letting a lot of folks down. I know. And then they can be mad at me, but it's just – I got to prioritize things. Last night it was a, a fantasy football draft that, that got in the way. The Sunday night, like, was I going to watch that instead of the insanity between LSU, Florida State? No. So it was just, um, it, it's the the burden we've been given thanks to their delayed uh, release of the show. Well, luckily, you didn't go on a big rant about promising it uh, Tuesday before lunch for everybody. Yeah, luckily I didn't do that. And it's also a really good thing that I did not um, 
actually say that I would eat like a live animal or something if Dennis Dodd was right because turns out he was right. We got a 12 team playoff. <laughs> yeah, I, you know when when all that came about, I was like, if they're going to be doing this, it's such an emergency thing. Like this is a big opportunity. Take advantage of it. They did. That's awesome. Very happy about it. Uh, that's that's great news for the sport. It's good news for Kentucky, or it could be good news for Kentucky. And uh, I, I was happy to see that. A uh, good good Game of Thrones episode, though. House of the Dragon. I've I've enjoyed it. Three episodes in. Now that we've officially pulled the plug on it. R.I.P. Maybe I'll try to. I can't promise it on Sunday nights. Every Sunday night, because I'm known to maybe doze off at times during it. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe I'll do a Twitter space for it. That way, just so people don't feel like we're completely uh, leaving them out in the dark. But maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, but yeah, all right. So there's an update there. We've talked a lot of college football to start the show. NFL starts this week. Scoot, two to the Steelers have. Bengals. Uh, Bengals. Yeah. Who day? Ooh. More like suck it day. That's right. That's exciting. Thursday night we have the Rams. Who are they playing? They have somebody. Bills. Goes. Bills. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's a, that's, uh, that's going to be a good way to start it. And then we've got pretty much football from here throughout January and leading up to the Super Bowl. Going to be going to be a lot of fun. So NFL starts this week. Make sure you get your fantasy lineups all set up, ready to go. I would say we talk about our teams, but nobody cares, so we're not going to. Uh, we will read the Thornton's text line, but Roush, let's get into some of Stoops' comments from yesterday before we do that. Um, which uh, do we want to get into the? I can't say like I, I wish I could say something about Chris Rodriguez. Who Stoops or you? Stoops. Yeah. Well, people are still <laughs> frustrated, but I will say this about Stoops: he's doing a good job of like, hey, you all, it's. It, it really, it, it very clearly is out of his hands. He's very frustrated by this. There's things he wants to say that he can't. I guess there's some fans that are just like, okay, well, I don't care. Like, say it. Like, if you want to say stuff, say it. What, what's going to happen? Um, I think if you're reading between the lines, this seems like either between the NCAA or UK. UK football is just totally left out in the cold here. It's out of their control. It's out of their hands. They're waiting for somebody above them to tell them something. They haven't heard anything about it, Roush. And that's where we're at. And it, it seems like we're going to be at that way for until we're not, I guess. But I, I'm, I'm, three to four weeks, I think, is probably what everybody who's here and is probably going to end up being true. I'm really just holding out hope that th- this line, Stoop said, being a holiday today, I don't have anything I can report. So I'm just hopeful that some loser suit that's making four times as much money as me is just was couldn't couldn't find the time to just give Mark a call and say, yep, they're good to go. Like that would be a great way to pull the wool over Florida's head. Like we use Labor Day as an excuse to not throw them on the depth chart. Turns out just the Tuesday after Labor Day, yeah, they're clear to go. They can play against Florida. Like that would be that would be great. I would really, really enjoy that because uh, if they don't play, it's going to it's going to be really tough to win in Florida. Like they, the, of all the games we mentioned, we did not touch on Florida, Utah. And we're going to touch on Florida a lot this week, but the Gators they they're playing physical. You got to be able to run the ball against them some, and I, I if not, they're just going to tee off. Um, and yep. I, so you you, it's going to be hard for me to predict a Kentucky win over Florida without Chris Rodriguez. 
Yeah, uh, it, it was going to be a tough game with or without Chris Rodriguez, and especially with some of the uncertainty around the line. They Make no mistake about it, though. They were incredibly fortunate to beat Utah, not really trying to take anything away from that. It's a win over, what, a top-10 team, top-15 team. So you take what you can get, but Utah blew that game. They had every chance to win it right there on the goal line, and you throw an interception? Like, what was it, on second down, too, I think? Like, don't force anything. You got a few more mm-hmm. plays, and they were they were knocking on the door to to go into the swamp and get a win. Florida, Florida's solid though, and you know I think Kentucky and Florida I think are pretty similar from just a one game sample size. I think Kentucky's talent level is better than Utah. Uh, so I, if, if you're looking for a silver lining, I think Kentucky is a better team than Utah. Just going off my personal opinion. But they are, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough task. You're probably gonna need one of Will Levis's best games he's ever had. We talk about running back and what that room's gonna look like and what they're gonna do and blah blah blah. Will Levis probably gonna be your healthy dose of running. I would I would suspect you're gonna see him carry the ball more mm-hmm. against Florida, whether by design or just by hey I got to scramble and I got to take off. Yeah. Then uh, then you'll probably see him do all season or at least for a, a long time. So that's good news. You're just going to need to set, have him step up in a big way. He seems like a big game player in the bright lights of the swamp. First time playing down there for him, I'm sure is going to be exciting, but uh, yeah, we've got all week to talk about the Gators and the cats. Florida currently a four and a half point favorite. Justin, do you think that line's a, 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 in a good spot or what do you think about that opening? Well, I don't know if that is the opening line, but that's where it's at right now. What, what game was that? I'm sorry. Uh, the one Kentucky's playing this weekend against Florida. Uh, four and a half, I think, is too much. It's going to be closer than that. It, one way or the other, it's going to be closer. It is going to be a super tough game. I'll, I'll watch the end of that Florida game. Anthony Richardson could be a problem. I Like famous last words, I'm not as big as an Anthony Richardson fan as others are. I think he's got all the pieces to be unbelievable. I just don't think he's there yet. Um you know, obviously, huge body, big size, can throw it a country mile. Uh, he's really like, yeah, I think there's plenty of Will Levis to an Anthony Richardson. I'm not totally frightened by him as a player, but he's just tough to take down. That's kind of the difference. Is you, yeah, yeah. You're not, well, you know, you, even your your strongest defensive lineman probably going to need a little bit of help just to make sure he's secure down to the ground. But that's what you got to play on all week: gang tackling. Don't finish till you hear the whistle. The the big thing, TJ, is in the red zone. Like, if he gets in the red zone, that dude's scoring. There's just there's no way around it. He's such a big body that he can run around back there long enough to let somebody get open, or he can just lower his shoulder and get in the end zone. And we saw what Kentucky was like without their red zone weapon. In that first uh, half, the first four um, four possessions, now, granted, one of them was, you know, time was kind of running out. It was that two-minute drive um, going into halftime. But four red zone possessions, two field goals, and a touchdown because they couldn't just give the rock to Chris Rodriguez and let him bowl over people. You know, like it, that's the difference right now I see in the game is Anthony Richardson in the red zone versus Kentucky without Chris Rodriguez in the red zone. Man, that interception Levis had was horrible uh, on Saturday. He cannot do that again. And then I felt so bad for Smoke stepping out on the one-yard line on that one touchdown that he should have easily had. 
Uh, I did like the play calling at the red zone uh, or in the red zone, especially closer to the goal line. It didn't always work out well. And there were some missed throws by Levis or mm-hmm. maybe some, some wide receivers running similar routes, but it would be a lot for a defense to have to prepare for. There's just so much going on, whether it's guys running in motion, you can do so many different things out of those formations. And, and I think you just barely saw the curtain being pulled back on Saturday but you're, I think you're going to see probably a little bit more creativity against Florida on Saturday, and you're going to see more plays out of similar formations. But it's a lot to it's for a lot, a lot to, for a defense to keep an eye on while the play is happening, and then it's a lot for a defense to have to prepare for for a week in advance. Hey, when this guy goes in motion, they may drag this tight end that way, but watch out for this tight end kind of stepping back into space or looking like he's blocking before he's going. And then this, they were doing crossing routes here. It's a lot. It was kind of fun to see. It looked a little chaotic at times, but it's first game of the season. It'll get better. And you're playing for a lot in the swamp on Saturday. You win yeah. that game, then people can dream big. We may have concerns about this, the, the the offensive line or the running backs, but you have basically two free weeks where you don't really have to worry about that stuff. And it's a it's a big deal on Saturday. And I'm glad we don't have to wait super long for a big game because uh, we'll learn a lot about the Wildcats down in the swamp. Should we get over to the Thornton sex line for a bit? Let's do it. 502-414-1450 is the number you text in. We read it on the show. Um, the first texture says, Jesus, Roush, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Oh, one of our one of our favorites. Yeah, it uh, it was with tailgating scene. Rain kept some people away, Roush, but besides that, pretty good. Yeah, it um it was it was it was great. I was I was actually a little surprised. And I think it it might have actually been a, a benefit. Like the, the cloud coverage, right? It wasn't too hot. It, it got a little steamy at times. Um, but it was it was a great atmosphere. Great atmosphere outside Kroger Field before the season opener against Miami. TJ, be honest. Did the weather prediction have anything to do with you not going? No, daughter wasn't feeling well. Okay. And I know you're a big weather guy sometimes. No, I've stood in the worst of the worst rain at Kroger Field, uh, the worst of the worst weather at Kroger Field. Uh, That 2019 season seemed like there was a lot of bad weather games. 2018, there was a couple as well. No, weather didn't bother me so much, um, but just different different stage of life, Scoots. uh, I was just curious. Yeah, no, but I do think it probably kept a lot of people away. And it was kind of strange weather where it was like they said it was going to rain all weekend and then we didn't really have much rain at all. I mean, different parts of the city, different parts of the state. Uh, I know the folks in Bedford had a ton and Carrollton had a ton of rain. But, uh, yeah, we were worried that the scramble was going to get washed out on Sunday morning, the one that we were doing, and it ended up being just perfect weather and then some pool parties and stuff like that. So it ended up being fine. I was just wondering. I, I I would imagine it probably did keep some people away, just the concerns of it. But no, not me. Mine was kid related scoots. But uh, I wish I would. I wish I would have been out there. It, it it looked like a good atmosphere. It looked like a good crowd, and it looked like the uh, the fan the the catwalk looked awesome. I mean, those yeah. optics always look yeah. pretty good, but it looked like a good crowd at the catwalk. Uh, Will Levis not shake anybody's hand? Business mode. Will Levis. I didn't like that. Yep, all business Levis. Just he's in his zone. Just it's don't... Miami of Ohio. That's one that you can kind of let your hair down, 
shake some hands. Nope. You got to go out and win the Heisman. So what, uh, all business. Was it Dane Key that it was like, Dane Key, your mom's here. Give her a hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very yeah. sweet. Yeah, that was nice. To, that was nice to see. <laughs> a texter on the Thornton's text line says, under hits easy, bet the house. Levis under 83 and a half rushing yards. Man, a lot of those props did not show up for me when we were in Indiana on Friday. Like the player props. Because uh, I, 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 I wish I could have gotten a taste of that. Yeah, 83 and a half. Although I guess if we would have known how the – the rushing attack played out. We would have been like, oh, well, maybe Levis will be the guy that ends up getting all the carries. Uh, no, but 83 was a lot for him. I don't know how many games this season Will Levis will have under or over 83 rushing yards. I, yeah, I can't believe you found that prop, Texter. I could not. Uh, TJ, do you know who won the closest to the pin and scramble? At one point, a kid on my team was closest and didn't know if somebody got closer. If he was one of one, wasn't sure if y'all were sending the Thornton's prize. If you can get his info, I can get that to you. I um, think somebody, I think somebody bested him. Yeah, um, but yeah. I think the prizes have been given out. The first place team has already gotten back to me on which Pacers game they'd like to go to. So I got to relay nice. that over to the radio boss. But the winning foursome, four sweet tickets to a Pacers game of uh, their choosing, with maybe some restrictions. So What'd they we, choose? Uh, they were they picked a game in October, October twenty first. Going early against, against the Spurs, which like, really? I didn't. I didn't think the NBA season started that early. Maybe they're big. Maybe they're big Romeo Langford fans. Ooh, Abraham Lincoln. That's Ooh, right. Maybe big Keldon Johnson fans. Or that. Yeah, that's maybe probably more likely. Uh, rat. Oh gosh. First tee, we all hit really nice drives. Roush absolutely pipes one. Yeah, and we think it. he. <laughs> and we're starting we start out on the longest drive hole, number 15 over at Elk Run. And the way the ball looks and the way he crushed it, we thought Roush's was this just like, I don't know, 190 yards off the green. It was a bomb. And we get up there and Justin and Scoot or Scoots and, and Jacob are like, This is yeah, it's Roush's ball. So Roush writes on well, the Well, he never drive. said it was Roush's ball. They did. You all did. You all no. handed him his ball. <laughs> That I picked up out of the fairway. <laughs> yeah, Without, but you didn't say that. And the thing yeah, was, it's like Jacob was like complaining about how thin he hit his ball. Mm-hmm. And they weren't that much far. Like they were still only like 10, 15 yards apart from one another. There wasn't a significant difference, but I was fired up and I, I wrote my name down. And you're like, Ralph, that's not yours. That's Jacob. Like, but you just said that that was my ball. Mm-hmm. Big miscommunication. <laughs> Turns yeah. out it wasn't Roush's, but Jacob ended up not winning long drive either, which I don't know how he got beat. That was a pipe. There was only one person to beat him, so yeah. that shows you how good he hit it. Yeah, well, it, it was a it was a good day. The course was in solid shape, and uh, a lot of people left with fun goodies. And we look forward to everybody joining mm-hmm. us next year if you couldn't make it. But if we were able to get I don't know twenty two, twenty three teams with just uh, about a month, a little over a month's heads up next year probably sell sell the event out so the texter did follow up and said nonetheless we had an absolute blast playing at y'all scramble playing on participating next year shot 12 under which we were satisfied with but left some birdies on the table successful day all around how did you guys did Roush hit them straight let's hear the analysis from each person on their overall game it scoots and tj can will both tell you they were surprised at how well i played very, very so. Like so much so that I told Roush on Friday that I've got to stop dogging his golf game on air because he <laughs> he played really, really good. 
Well, that being that that being said, the bar was pretty low for what we were sure. expecting after sure. the Seneca round. But yeah, you 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 hit some really nice shots. I was happy with how I played Friday, especially in comparison to how I played on Sunday. But I was happy with how I played on yeah. Friday. I hit some putts. You did a good job uh, getting us out there on the drives. Uh, but the one of the putts you hit was awesome. Like it was just we 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 were we were in a funk and we changed up the order and you you delivered one. Uh, right in the sweet spot. Like where we, it was one of those where all three of us were about six inches from the cup, and you just yeah. sent it home. That was awesome. Oh, but then that bogey putt was as frustrating as it gets. Another texture says, "If you could give a dollar to the amount of times Adam Luckett tweets about the middle eight football, you'd have good savings by now." There's just something about the middle eight. To him. <laughs> it's so funny too because after the game, he was sitting there like it was the Will Levis post game interview. And he kind of asked, Luckett asked something. He didn't say middle eight, but he asked about the the drive before half. And he starts going, like, explaining what the middle eight was. And Luckett's like, you don't know who you're talking to, bud. <laughs> Adam middle eight Luckett is what they used to call him. Oh, man. Rash, how concerned are you about Wallaball moving forward? Um, uh, well, Concerned enough that uh, I, it was probably a, a good move to let Horsey ride out and just roll with the best five at left tackle. I, yeah, I don't know. I do think there's something to be said about how quickly they pulled the the plug on that experiment. In in reality, like he was never brought here to be the starting left tackle as a redshirt freshman. Um, that was not the the plan. Um, and you know it showed because he just he, he's not ready for it just quite yet. So, um, do I think he's going to be a good player for Kentucky? Yes, eventually. Uh, but r- starting out at left tackle right now, just not not great. Not not great. Which um, we we do need to get on over to a break. But before we do, I, I did have some not great breaking news that we learned overnight. Guy Morris, former Kentucky head football coach, back in two thousand two. Uh, passed away at the age of 71. He was diagnosed with Alzheimer's uh, four or five years ago. Um, and that disease, it's its just the worst. Uh, slowly taking a toll on him. But I can say that at least in his later years, he stayed active. You know, he'd go on four-mile walks every day, even as recently as fan day. Um, you know, as much as um, he struggled with that awful disease, he was still able to stay active, still – um had good days when he got to be around uh, the Kentucky football program so had an outstanding single season before he went back and coached at his alma mater of Baylor um but uh, that, that was the seven and five Kentucky season where they were uh, really close to going uh nine and three back there mm-hmm. uh in 02 so uh, uh rest in peace to Guy Morris uh, one one of the best yeah, rest in peace. Incredibly sad, horrible, horrible disease, and um, good life though, a fun life. I would, I, I would imagine, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of memories, a lot of really, really fun times. And um, yeah, he'll, he'll be missed. So, thinking of him, let's go to a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up the show. It is flying by today. We've got more text to get to as well. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio.
Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. With Walker and Roush. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. Mars, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Don't let them pick guitars or drive them old trucks. Let them be doctors and lawyers and such. Mars, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call today. Roll Call. CJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. It is September 6, 2022, and we've got one final segment. It's just rolling by. It is rolling on by, rolling, calling on by. Uh, we mentioned earlier today Shady Rays. Go to shadyrays.com. Promo code Big X is going to save you 25%. If you need sunglasses, if you need a gift, if you need whatever it is, Shady Rays will make it easy for you. You know about their replacement payer guarantee. You know about their 30-day, no questions asked, money-back guarantee. And you know that they're feeding hungry families all across America with each and every purchase you make at ShadyRays.com. It's a great sunglasses company. They do a lot of good for others, which we're a huge fan of here at Kentucky Roll Call. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We can keep on with the text line unless Roush, you any other quick hitters you wanted to get to today? Um, no, I think we've uh, we've touched on most of them, and I'm sure the text line will bring up some more, um, like this texter who says, "So how bad is Louisville? Should they consider moving to D two? Pathetic mm. loser bums. It's probably something they should consider. Man. Something that they need to 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 talk about. Uh, no, in all seriousness, though, just week one to have your soul ripped out of you and then you're right they're they're only six and a half point dogs at central florida which i think is an interesting line because i i could could you see the dam breaking this early like because i could kind of see them getting down 14 nothing cunningham kind of being pouty and just the wheels completely falling off this thing i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility I'm not only do I think it's out of the realm of possibility, I think I'm predicting that it will happen. Nobody quits up quits quicker than Scott Satterfield's tots. Like that we've seen it. That is true. Year after year, they just quit. Yeah. It's it's, it's embarrassing. And I just I I I, I want to feel bad for some Louisville fans, but it's it whew. Take it'll take a lot out of me, but uh man, they're so bad. It's hilarious. Can't believe they brought that loser back. A texter says, hey, Brad from Bellbrook here. With the injuries to McLean, Jefferson, Rodriguez likely still out due to suspension. Not a suspension. Is it possible to see D. Beckwith at running back against the Gators? Have a tubular Tuesday. Hey, thanks for the text, Brad. Hope you do too. No. No. He's not a running back. I also just wonder if he's any good at all. He looks good, but does he play good? No, no, he's not, not, not playing running back. A texter says, see Cal's tweet. Wait till you see the new throwback unis home and away. Yeah. John Calipari tweeted out yesterday. We'll be, well, I think he, should I show the jerseys today? So we will be seeing the new home jerseys, I think is what he specifically said. So just in here thinking maybe we should show the BBN our new home uniforms tomorrow. What do you think? Kentucky men's basketball. 
I um a conspiracy theorist would say, man, Cal, wait until you get a lot of football talk to release him. But the fact is, is there's going to be a lot of football talk anytime it's preseason basketball right now. So <laughs> like there's no way to to really avoid that. Or so uh just excited to get them out there. I feel like we've been talking about new uniforms for a decade. So I'm just I'm just ready to move on. Uh, I'm sure just, I'll get excited, and then I'll be ready to move on. The more checkerboard, the better, I always say. I doubt we see checkerboard on this one. May, I, would, I wouldn't mind if there was something subtle or maybe like in the background or something like that. That'd be kind of fun. But, yeah, we'll see New Jersey's today. I'm guessing it'll probably be like right after we get off the air, probably. I know TJ agrees. This is absolutely ridiculous. There's still no update on Chris Rodriguez suspensions. Seems like another strike against Barnhart, who should be going to bat for his football program and demanding answers from the university. This is ridiculous. Announce a decision and move on. I mean, it, it is going to soon – like, Mitch is going to have to say something soon. I don't trust that he will, but, like – Stoops has made it abundantly clear that he has no control in this. So, Mitch, what are you doing to help your coach? Well, that's a like, has anybody directly asked Stoops, like, hey, should we be asking Barnhart about this instead of you? What? How do you think he'd answer that? A reporter says, we we know that there's no update on Chris, and we know that you you can you can only say what you can say. But should we be asking higher ups? Should we be asking Mitch Barnhart? You need to be asking, is it an NCAA issue? Have oh. reporters gotten into specifics with that, or is it simply mostly just, you know, what's new? No, I mean, there's like a – he he's – I I don't know how – like, long story short, he's made it clear that it's not his decision. Reporters have asked Ms. Mitch Barnhart if he's going to play a role in that decision. He said he would. And yet, it's my understanding that, like, of all of this stuff, like, I don't think UK, like, Stoops is him and Holland with us. I don't think Chris knows what's going to happen with him, right? Like, I, 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 it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And eventually, the buck's got to be passed on to Stoops' boss. And if his boss doesn't say anything, then it's his boss's boss. Like, somebody has to start talking soon. I get the idea that, that Rodriguez doesn't know what's going on. Or, I mean, he knows what's going on, but doesn't know when he's going to be back. And it is. Uh, so, I just people need to start asking higher up. Let's put some pressure on Mitch, see what he's got to say about the matter. If he kind of gives you the old him and hauling like you'd expect from him, then I don't know. See if see, see if he like Capaluto has any any updates or idea. Silly. Texter says, yeah, but I, I'm not – I'm – not blaming Stoops so much. I do think, and maybe he did, but I do think maybe from the get-go when asked about Rodriguez, just should have said, this is completely out of the football program's hands. Mm -hmm. I will update you all when I can, and I know you all are going to keep asking about it, and I understand as much. But just know from, from where we stand right now, I would play him tomorrow if I could, but there are people that are not allowing that to happen. I can't say any more than that. If you ask the right people the right questions, maybe you'll find some answers. If you get any answers, relay them to me because I don't know. If he would have just said that from the go, I think he would have been immune from any criticism. Yeah. I mean, at least regarding this situation. And but, you know what I think some of it is too, is maybe like waiting to apply pressure on the higher-ups. Like 
you, you don't want to maybe sure. throw your bosses under the bus right away. Now you can apply some pressure. And now it's like I, it's been months. What are we doing here? I, I hope they're feeling it because they should. This is ridiculous. Just need to keep keep putting the pressure, keep asking. But uh, I, I'm not really playing the blame game with Stoops. I think early on he could have handled it differently. But well said, Roush. He was probably just hoping that this would get resolved in a timely manner. And here we are heading into week two, and you're still you're still dealing with it. Big Blue Drew is an embarrassment to Kentucky. Rolled up jeans, meeting Issel, unacceptable. He just the, the Big Blue Drew. He likes his rolled up jeans. He looks good. I don't see an issue with it. I did. Uh, I, I did see Drew for the first time since having the babies on Saturday, and uh, things are going well at the at the Big Blue household. Um, but I was wondering. I was like, man, something like what? What is? And I didn't realize it until afterwards. But he didn't have the hair slicked back. He he his signature look. He he wasn't rocking it, and he wasn't rocking it with Isla either. I guess that's what happens when you're a father of four. I know. I noticed that as well. But what 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 can you say? Always looks good. A texter says, watching the depth chart YouTube, and my first take takeaway is this: it's really startling to see a man with no ears for the first time. <laughs> Coming to a YouTube channel near you. No ears. All over the place. Will Louisville fans hype up Malik Cunningham next year, too? Ha, 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 ha. U of L sucks, says one texter on the Thornton's text line. Oh. And I loved um, – I know that they're not going to want to hear this, uh, but I was listening to the Cover 3 podcast while I was cutting grass uh, the other day. It's uh, CBS's college football podcast. And – Fornelli was just laughing at the ACC. It's like, what are you idiots doing scheduling these games where your supposed best teams are playing road games against G5 opponents? Same thing applies to Louisville. Like, it's only going to end up hurting you and causing you embarrassment. And uh, on top of that, like, the shot that felt directed to Louisville, even though it wasn't, they spent like 10 minutes just laughing at Louisville for sucking at Syracuse. So, very, very funny. Even the national people are already um, – looking at Jeff Brom to Louisville. So uh poor Scott and his tots. They don't they don't stand a chance. Well I think we have a text about that a little bit later on the show. So we'll get to that when we get to it. Not sure if you boys watched any of the Florida game. They look pretty solid. We could use another Calipari basketball school quote right about now. Ooh, Calipari's <laughs> just like I'd never have I'd never have such a bad front line in basketball. What's Stoops doing with this offensive line? Boom. <laughs> Motivation out the wazoo. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Although, as Stoops said, if you can't get fired up to play at Florida, then, I mean, come on. What are you doing? A texter says, hey, guys, hope the scramble was good. Why did anyone in the media believe U of L was not going to suck? Also, I live in Salt Lake and feel like I'm revisiting the same UK football feelings watching Utah fans at the bar. Mm, yeah, I'm sure th those people in Salt Lake, they aren't used to the same heartbreak in the swamp that Kentucky fans have grown accustomed to throughout the years but hey two out of the last four times are changing might as well keep them rocking keep them rolling with some more good times this saturday um but I, as i mentioned early on tj the big guy like, had a feeling richardson would scramble around and do some things was surprised at how well florida did with the physicality so billy napier already kind of leaving his mark as a gators head coach yep for sure another texter says Fresh what? Fresh men. Wide receivers and defensive newcomers showed up. 
man, Alex Afari too. The tackles he had in open space, he looked he looked like a ball player. Oh, I was the uh, freshman wide receivers were super fun. I, I was happy for Chauncey Magwood seeing him I, I, get that touchdown was cool. Um, but yeah, the youth on the team, like Roush, I almost you know I, I I don't I forget who I said this to whether it was on Sunday or after the game on Saturday. Watching that game on Saturday, I had a feeling as a UK football fan of like, okay, solid win, lot to kind of get better at. But my goodness, the future of UK football is so bright. But the interesting thing about it is that like this is a this is a big year. This is expectations are high this season. This isn't a hey, just go out there, play hard, keep working, go to a bowl game. But man, next year, the year after that, it's just going to be silly. Next year and the year after that may be silly. They may be really fun. They could be really good. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be seeing these young guys step up. But normally, you don't really point out the freshmen so often on a team that has expectations for this season. That's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Now, maybe at some point Kentucky loses a game and you needed more experience at certain positions or lack of depth somewhere hurts you a little bit. But I, I, I think it's just a, it's a really healthy spot the program's in, and I'm happy about that. After wow. the first half, Miami had 10 points, and I said they'll probably end the game with 13. Brad White is an elite defensive coordinator. You heard it here from the texter, folks. Elite. They really did step up to play. And I think if you're going to have any concerns about the defense, it would be the defensive line. Just, But some of that, I think, is just getting used to playing somebody different. Um, that's that, that was that acclimation on that first drive. Uh, it, once you start seeing some different looks, you can get in your pass rush a little bit more. Um but you can still demand a little bit more from that defensive line. They're going to have to be – they're going to have to step it up a notch down in Gainesville. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Another texter on the Thornton's text line as we're rushing through them. Man, can you imagine being like Alabama or Ohio State and having this freshman – having a freshman class like this every year? These boys are on a different level. It, yeah. It, it's crazy. <laughs> well, as Kentucky's made its slow – climb up the SEC pecking order and we've just had a blast and as we say frequently we're appreciative for everything Mark Stoops has done for the UK football program it does just kind of go to show that like you still one have a little ways to go and two those programs yeah they have guys like that that just look like NFL players as freshmen it's a different breed the top of the it, it's no surprise the best teams that recruit play for national championships you, you don't have somebody with a 50 recruiting class that's sneaking into the title game. Yeah. Cincinnati getting into the college football. Jimmy's and Joe's. It is. Totally is. Always will be. But Kentucky's climbing up that ladder, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I just need to say it once, and then I won't say anything bad about him again the rest of the season. I know we don't have anyone better. How is Valentine still terrible? Might end up being the quarterback I remember most for being the worst. Go Cats, choosing to accept our secondary for what it is, and I refuse to get mad at it this year for my health. Yeah, also Carrington Valentine played well texture i know if you're going to get mad at him i'm getting mad at him for whiffing on the cornerback blitz that was really his only bad play that pi was garbage call garbage call let's break down don't whiff on the cornerback blitz aside from that i think he had two pass breakups including one on third down i agree on the pass on the pass interference garbage call roush huge so garbage call. it's so like that ball was not even five yards within being catchable <laughs> so bad and even he wasn't even on him. Like that—that's that happens every single play. 
It's a terrible call. Texter says, I'm just going to fade Roush the rest of the year. Should do pretty well. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Hey, you went 2-1 <laughs> and one in the first PT picks of the week. Yeah, but I mean, I missed the lot. You missed the lot. You, you are in last. It was a hell of a week for the picks of the week. Uh, combined, we went 9-3, and three, which is pretty impressive. That uh, Illinois loss combined for all three of the losses so mm-hmm. uh, it, it also was huge like you had to bet that arkansas game then and here's the thing too tj is i bet it while we were on the course a few hours later and i'd already lost the hook which really oh, wanted that yeah it, it, seven. Changed, it changed somewhere friday or yeah. that that half point but again different websites probably have different things but um right. yeah and i gosh i i've had a three and a week but i was lucky i had the under 61 and a half in Alabama and Utah. Man, under the under in that Georgia-Oregon Georgia. game. What way to sw- that was a sweating out where it's fourth and goal year. for Oregon on the two yard line and they didn't get it. Yeah. I, gosh, Georgia is a. Yeah. Go ahead and lock them into the college football playoffs, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're very good. They really are. Uh, another texture on the Thornton's text line. This is from Robert. Robert, this broadcast from SEC Network is absolutely atrocious. Down and yardage haven't been correct all game. Number of timeouts aren't right. Coming back from the halftime, the graphic reads team logo, then team name in a generic format instead of actually listing the team name and their logo. They just look as unprepared as Kentucky did in the first half. That is the SEC Network plus special, man. That's embarrassing. It, uh, it, It wasn't a great broadcast, but... I'll still say this, a heck of a lot better than the commentators that did that UNC App State game. Holy smokes. I'm not one generally to like rip on commentators. I usually don't care. I just want to watch the football. That was as like an exciting of a football game as you're going to get. And they were, I think they were doing the broadcast in like a church or maybe a funeral service because they, they were so quiet and like not excited about anything going on. It made for a really weird game. It was an electric game, but when you kind of take the commentators as so boring, it uh, it took a little air out of the balloon, to be honest with you. Imagine if you had Gus Johnson on the call for that one. Ooh, that'd have been electric. Oh yeah, he he would have made it. He would have made it ten times better. I can't believe they pulled the plug that quick on Wallabaugh. Him and Burton didn't play very well, but it's the first game. How are you feeling about Horsey at left tackle? I did like Flax at right tackle. I thought he played well, um, and. I understand why they're just like, we're going to play our, our best five because Manning played well, Burton and, and Horsey. Like, there was times where they had Jagger and Horsey in at the same time, and they kicked Horsey down to, to right guard. So um, they're just trying to find a way to get their best five in, and it, it feels necessary to have Horsey in with Jagger and, and uh, Tayshaun Manning at this point. Texter says that what about the Ohio State transfer defensive end? I don't remember seeing him on the field. He got uh he got banged up during preseason camp. So hadn't been playing. Who who is it? Darian Henry Young. Okay. Louisville Sports Radio was amazing yesterday. The sadness was great. I'm a sicko for listening. LOL. That's yeah, fun. You know, they talk and they talk and they talk. So when their house gets blown down by the big bad Syracuse Orange. We, we got to see the reaction. We got to see how everybody's handling it. Never forget, Ruben Owens got a 502 tatted on him. Uh, Danny Clark has entered the chat. Always catching strays, Danny Clark. Uh, 
Well, not a bad weekend. I can thank Scoots for two things. He let me ignore his picks and the crummy IU football team after just one week. Thanks, homie. And yeah, uh, you're welcome. He, he, uh, he bet the over in the Indiana Illinois game. No, he bet the under. Bet the under under forty seven and a half. Under forty seven and a half. Yeah. Way to way to pick my one way to fade me on the one pick I missed this weekend, Texter. Nice job. John here. Good morning to all. Hey, the scramble was awesome. You all did a great job putting it on, and I'll be back next year. Man, Mr. Key did not have 100 yards, but he did have a strong touchdown grab. I feel like he will score at least 10 touchdowns this year. Do you guys agree? We'll got to go talk to you later. That'd be exceptional. I'd love that. Hope so. Man, It'll be a lot, touch- though, but it's yeah. possible. His touchdown catch, my gosh, what a missile. I don't know how he caught Did you all see that he had ice on his wrist after? Yeah, a lot of people were worried about that. That like, was that was pretty funny. Something serious or not? Uh, I will I, say, I, Levis needs to chill out on some of those throws. <laughs> it just does. Like you I do, do not, think like, it's not a good throw to throw it that hard at your receivers from time to time. I do think it's very funny that like Kentucky fans have been wanting a good quarterback for years, and now we finally got one. And they're like, he's throwing the ball too hard. <laughs> well, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Will Levis is a good quarterback, and we and throwing it that has a time and a place to throw it that hard. But, like, on a little five-yard out route, just take it easy. Just make sure – like, it's, it's a bad throw to throw it that hard. Just there, the there, same you sailed it over his head. Well, and as Stoops made the point, too, like, there are certain times where you just have to catch it. Like, the Isaiah Cummings touching, I don't care how hard it's thrown, you got to catch that. That should have been a touchdown. I, I, don't, um, I don't disagree with that one. Yeah, I, 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 again, they're not mutual. It's not like just like yeah. black and white. You throw the ball too hard, it's bad. There's a time and spot for it. And Cummings, that was bad. Like for somebody that's fighting for his time, you just got to pull that one in. Yeah, yeah. And the 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 plays that I'm that are really the throws where he struggles the most. It was like a rollout where he had it was either Bates or Upshaw. It was a tight end about 12 yards down the field. There's a guy in the passing lane directly in it about six yards. You've just got to bloop it over that defender. And Will was trying to outrun him to put it on the line. It's like, no, just put some touch on the ball. That's th- those little touch passes are an area that he does need to improve. See, the yeah. thing with the key touchdown though is that touchdown doesn't happen if he doesn't throw the ball like that. He throws it any softer or harder. Harder, it's an incompletion. Softer, that it's probably getting picked off. Again, time and place for it. That was a hell of a throw and catch there. Uh, but there was just some a little less of that. Uh, Texter says, suck a big dragon, you know what, Roush? Mm, you suck it, Texter. TJ Trevor and Scoops should take up the mantle. Man, if we thought Roush was unreliable, Trevor should solve <laughs> any issues we have about scheduling. When Scoots has never seen not one episode, so. That makes it all the better, Scoots. You'll, you have, you'll have a fresh insight. <laughs> when Roush picked UK second, he knew C-Rod would be out at least two games, but he still picked us to beat Florida. But now he's holding back. I knew he didn't believe 11-1, and one, and he tried to defend it when I texted him calling him out on that. Good to know he's shown himself now as a dweeb. Um, well, Texer, I did not pick 11-1, and one, you jackass. All right? I picked 10-2. and oh. two, And also, it was uh, as much about Florida as anything. I was, I was very surprised by what Florida did against Utah. I didn't think they'd get housed by Utah, but I also did not think they would go toe-to-toe in a slugfest in a very physical matchup. I... And as bad as the, the Rodriguez stuff is, I did uh, maybe give the Big Blue Wall a little bit more benefit of the doubt. That rushing yeah. performance Saturday was a was uh, huge disappointment. I'll, I'll say that, like, week two, you know, if there is a time to, like, make a joke about it, it would be probably week two to change your mind on opinions and whatnot. But, like, that, to just hold true to your regular season predictions would make you a bad 
analyst during the season. You need to take what you see and you need to kind of adjust with it. Now, to be, that that being said, if you do a preseason prediction of 12 and 0 and Roush did not do that, but if you did a preseason prediction of 12 and 0 and then week 3 you're saying 6 and 6, people are probably going to laugh at your preseason prediction the next year. Uh, you know, so but you you should be able to adjust as time goes on and the offensive line was incredibly concerning. Not what you're looking for going into the game at the Swamp, but ready or not, the game's going to get played. would be a real shame if Johnny won the closest to the pin over TJ at the family scramble. He was the only one out of five teams to hit it on the green. So I think it was just a bad job of picking that one for the closest mm. to the pin. Congrats to you, Johnny. You did it, buddy. Still salty about the scramble tiebreaker. They picked the Spurs? Come on. Yeah, I was surprised by that pick as well. Um, and the scramble tiebreaker is just the back nine, right? Uh, yes, because that was the hardest handicapped place. So yeah. you go, you go back nine, and then last six, last three, and then down to eighteen if necessary. Last six, last three. So if the, if there's a tie oh, on the last nine, you'd go down yeah. to the last six, then the last three, then the last hole. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. A texter says, Nick, do you think Louisville could get Brom from Purdue? Just curious to hear your take. I think it's very funny that some people are like, why would he leave the Big Ten with all that money? It's like, because if you watch if you watch him play, like his style is suited for ACC football, not for Big Ten West football. And also, like he said as much this summer at the Flage quarterback club. Like, yeah. He would if, go to he would he would leave Purdue to go to Louisville. I probably don't know. U of L's next coach. It's just when U of L wants to stop playing, grow up, and yeah. yeah. And and we also do have to remember that the only reason Satterfield's still here is because he didn't have any bosses. He had like some absentee uh-huh. bosses who just were like, ah, we'll just let you do whatever because um, Neely's going to Penn State. She doesn't want to deal with anything right now. She's she's getting her resume ready. She doesn't want to have to make any big actions as a president. Since almost all our running backs are hurt, doesn't UK suits have to let Rodriguez play? It's almost a player safety issue being that thin against the SEC opponent. I love that spin zone. It's a great, great text into the show. Another text says, what about Drennan? Is he an option to rotate in at running back? Doesn't feel like it. It's really odd how, how that career has played out so far. A texture says, did anyone see Key icing his hand after that catch? We sure did. We sure well, did. You know, fine, you right? know I so, did because I just said it. Oh, got him. But he should be fine, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, that's our show. We'll be back tomorrow. More football, more Cats Gators preview. We'll have some basketball jerseys to have some hot takes on. Just remember, the hotter the take on the basketball jersey, the better. And we'll see you at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports oh, Radio. Oh, cow. Okay.